somehow my daughters fell in love with Formula One. I don't know how or why, but I'm not arguing. They may not know wheel, but does anyone? Hi, and welcome to We Don't Know Wheel F1. I'm Anne. And I'm Grace. We're two sisters who fell in love with Formula One and decided to make a podcast to force all our friends and family into listening to us talk about Formula One. And uh, we just had the Monaco Grand Prix, baby. Yeah. Which we did have an unexpectedly long break before the Monaco Grand Prix, which it was a bummer that there wasn't racing in Emma last week because Grace and I were actually in the same city when a Formula One race was supposed to be happening for the first time since we, that might have been the first time since we started truly becoming obsessed with Formula One that that was going to be the case. <laughs> and then, of course, all of that terrible flooding, which yeah, I, I will say, I feel like Formula One and all the teams did, had the best possible response they could have in a terrible situation. And I hope that cleanup efforts are going well and yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I compiled all of the drivers' responses, and they were all very appropriate. Um, yeah, and then I think I think everyone's favorite was Yuki out in the streets, like actually helping with cleanup, which was pretty great. And then, of course, on Twitter, that evolved into Lewis Hamilton was at some fancy gala last night. Why was he not helping with cleanup? You're just like. Yuki actually lives there. Of course, yeah. he'd be helping with cleanup. The other drivers who don't live there that weren't in Imola yet should not be yeah. going there. No, they should not. They don't go need there. more people there. I mean, even Yuki looked very helpless. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the extent of what I saw was a picture of like him holding a broom. I'm sure he was doing what he could to help. Yeah. But. Yeah. I agree so yeah so we we had a longer break than we anticipated but I'm glad F1 called it well obviously it was impossible for that race to go on yeah um but yeah and it was very few like the there were like a few people I guess I don't know who these people were who were like they should have held the race. What about tourism? And it's like, there's literally nowhere to stay. Like people are being evacuated from the region. What are you talking about? Yeah. One of the things that I heard that I didn't really think about beforehand is that during a normal Formula One race weekend, the toll on the like emergency services within a region is enormous because they have to essentially be on like constant standby because mm -hmm. these races are so dangerous and there's such a high possibility that there could be serious injury like there's constantly like first responders and an ambulance and a helicopter like waiting ready to help if something happens at the race and in the entire region of Emilia Romana during that week like emergency services should have been doing nothing except for helping people who actually needed help not trying to yeah. like help out a formula one race no <laughs> that should yes. be the yeah, last so of their priorities definitely the right call yeah um and you know bummer to fans and drivers and everyone but a hundred percent the right call glad it got canceled for that reason um yeah and then so then we didn't have any we just got to hang out together and look awesome. at art and now we're back at it Monaco Grand Prix happened same day as the Indy 500. I think that's kind of a tradition is that they happen on the okay. same day. Is that true? Ask dad. Is that why Fernando needed to take a leave? I'm going to look this up while we talk about <laughs> okay, this. Was Fernando his... was like, I'm actually taking two years off to try and do the Indy 500. Was his try at the Indy 500 after he left McLaren in 2019? Or 2018? Um, and then before he came back with Alpine? How would you ever complete the Triple Crown if they're always on the same weekend? Well, you don't do it in the same year. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, 
That seems pretty tricky. <laughs> okay, it looks like the Monaco Grand Prix moves around a bit more. Yeah, I know Indy is almost always like the last weekend in May, Memorial Day weekend. It's usually, yeah. That's the internet's telling me. Yeah, two of the biggest races of the year in one weekend. Okay, let's see. What, Grace? I want to see when Fernando tried to compete in the Indy 500. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk quickly about the Indy 500. Joseph Newgarden won. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, The milk thing that they do in IndyCar is disgusting. I think it's only an Indy 500 thing. You don't see it at other podium celebrations throughout the year. Uh, I think it's just an Indy 500 thing, and I do not understand it. Like, it just, like, it looks gross, and watching it, you can just, like, imagine how gross you would feel afterwards. I don't get it. But it's a whole thing, and I even saw this thing online where it was, like, a list of each driver's, like, milk preferences for the Indy 500. I saw that. Did you send it to the group? They're all, like, whole. It wasn't me. Yeah. Except Roman Grosjean would skip milk um okay it sounds like fernando has even talked about this issue in the past um really yeah okay mclaren gave him a special pass in 2017 to go to the indy 500 but in when he got his deal with renault they said no um so McLaren and I think like he did it in twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen is okay. I think the twenty nineteen would have been between his time at McLaren and Alpine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They just let him. <laughs> he yeah. must have had to miss at least one race to do that. Well, I think there are some years where they haven't been like in alignment. But it's two weekends because. Qualifying oh, is a weekend that. before. So then it's actually in his benefit to not qualify. <laughs> Did he qualify either time? Because I know there definitely was a time where he didn't. Um, okay, let's find out. Mm-hmm. He did it in 2017. Okay, it's this is not easy research to do, people. IndyCar. <laughs> Um, I don't know, Anne. <laughs> it's even his Wikipedia is not making this easy to read. Okay, 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 okay. Twenty seventeen, he raced with McLaren, Honda, mm-hmm. and he did the rookie orientation. Mm-hmm. A advanced to the fast nine shootout and qualifying. So he was in the race. And he classified 24th? At the end of the race. I don't he ended know. up in 24th, I think is what that would mean. Okay. So then in 2019, he did it again with McLaren. I don't think he even qualified to get in the race. I love that you're already telling me the answer. Um... Yeah, he did. I don't think he did very well. Um, yeah. And then 2020, and he did it with Arrow McLaren. He had planned to do it with Andretti, and the deal fell through. He qualified 26, and he finished the race. He ran 15th halfway through the race, and he ended up P21. Okay. <laughs> it seems like it is a, a different skill for drivers to have to be good on the Oh, level. yeah. For sure. For sure. Did you watch the Indy 500? No. Okay, me either. I, I, I know there was a big crash. Yes. Did you see they... the video I sent you with the, like, wheel flying over the, like, wild safety fencing mm-hmm. around the track? 
out into the parking lot. I saw a picture of like somebody's car that the wheel had fallen onto. Okay, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. But, but even more importantly, did you see when Joseph Newgarden won, they poured milk on his head into the car. Like, who's cleaning that? I don't know. And I'm just happy it's not me. I hate it. It's disgusting. I don't want to yuck a yum, but no, I don't like it. Mm. At least champagne is like just sticky, but milk will go bad. It's going to smell. It's going to smell. Why would you do that? It's okay. really going to smell. So let's move on from our IndyCar <laughs> hype here. Um, <laughs> on to the Monaco Grand Prix. Which was a surprisingly good Monaco Grand Prix. I always like the Monaco Grand Prix. Like, it's just a different type of race. Like, yes, there's not going to be as much overtaking, but what does happen will be unexpected. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Esty Bestie on the podium. Who would have expected that? No, although I would not say he was doing the best drive of the day. No. Like, he was doing a good drive. He was defending well from Sainz first and then Hamilton. And then Hamilton. Yes. And definitely. He has to get credit. Like, he got that qualifying time to put him in their position and he kept that spot. Like, he had a great weekend. Yes. Um, Qualifying was actually, like, I thought so good. And, like, we've already talked about qualifying this season has been spicy, hot, hot, hot. Like, delicious q1 was insane to see so many people trading fastest times it was so fun to watch yeah i was so ready for alonzo to be on pole see i and then max at the last second just whoom, i was like what is happening so i was Mom and dad came to help me work on some stuff in the yard this weekend. And they got to the house when Q2 had just finished and Q3 was about to start. And I knew I would be given a lot of crap by them if I didn't come out to like help them like bring tools in from the car. And like, we started planning what we were going to do. And so I did not get to watch in real time Q3. And so I just looked it up. And so I knew that it was Max Alonso Ocon. And so a little bit of the like, Max actually got the lap was lost for me. I watched that real time. I was, okay, I had my phone on because I was on call until like 6 30 in the morning and it started at 7 30 here but I ended up working late and my phone ringer was still on and mm-hmm. so the little like alert from the f1 like <laughs> came through and I was like oh I gotta go home I gotta go watch qualifying <laughs> I gotta get home I gotta watch qualifying um speaking of funny times in terms of like when we were watching stuff seeing your 45 minute delayed reaction everything happening in the race was so much fun it was the day after a night shift i wasn't gonna get up at 6 30 just for kicks it's all good but it was just very entertaining for us to see your texts coming through of like oh that's where she is right now it was great fun it was very exciting um (laughs) yeah but so i thought qualifying especially watching it live i was like oh my gosh and then the fact that Max is able to like like it was just sector three where he made up all that time. How? And you're just like, how? His car is too fast. <laughs> I mean, when you win Monaco by 24 seconds, yeah. It was wild. Um, I saw something talking about how like Fernando would have had a little bit more of a shot if he would have put on enters uh, instead of going to new hards that was a real misstep yes well um so i think fernando switched to mediums because he had been on the hards for a long time mm-hmm. okay. but um because i mean it was hard to like when everybody is no 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 i'm pretty and sure. there was all sorts of chaos okay 
it was hard to like continue to watch the gaps between people as like different people were coming into the pits but well he had to change tires a second time yes but still the gap between max and alonzo had been like at least 10 seconds and it came down significantly and so then if fernando hadn't had to take that second pit stop i think max is really struggling at points like right before he switched enters and right after he switched enters and so that would have been fernando's opportunity and it the bummer it didn't work yeah and then checo just yeah very unlucky he had had the pace the whole weekend he was just (laughs) making bad mistakes that it felt like he was like trying too hard like mm-hmm. he was trying yeah. too hard in qualifying when he crashed. He, wants he was it too trying much. too hard when he crashed into K Mag and then had to pit again. And after oh, that, gosh. like Red Bull was basically just using him as like a tire guinea pig, which yeah. fair play. Like there's no reason yeah. not to at that point. But yeah. um I mean, I think all of them are in some sense doing that because there were quite a few crashes throughout the weekend, right? Like Lewis crashed, Carlos crashed, yeah, Checo crashed. That's just naming a few. I know there were more. (laughs) It is not like he was driving terribly the whole weekend. It's just like a few incidents. It only takes like the smallest margin to yeah. Which I I was loving. Once the rain was coming down and they are were all like driving off at that one corner, like George drove off and then Yuki drove behind him. And it was right by where you come out of the pits. The the moment when uh, there was somebody, the last person who like went off and then was rejoining the track, it really looked like, I can't remember who it was, but it really looked like someone was going to just like, run right into them as they were waiting wasn't there full-on like a t-bone moment between like george that was george and checo that was earlier (laughs) on yeah yeah (laughs) which for the record that one was on george that was on george who was coming back onto the track which is why uh, george got that five second penalty which it was fascinating to listen to george's radio messages to mercedes of like yeah. Let me pass Lewis and I won't get more than five seconds ahead. What? So I've been seeing some chatter on the internet about like George is trying to like manage the race from the car and do we like that or not? And I, I mean, saw so someone many be like, do that. Fernando yeah. does I it. I saw someone Carlos be like, Fernando does, does it and we love it. Yeah. George does it and we hate it. But it feels like George, I don't know. I'm not. He can come. I don't know. He he is sometimes very accurate and sometimes totally off. Yeah. Which Carlos more often than not is totally accurate. Yeah. He really got screwed. This oh my god. I man. All Ferrari, of Ferrari. How holy does, moly. How does Ferrari always do this? I do yeah. not understand. So Charles gets a was it a three place grid penalty in qualifying for impeding Lando Norris in the because tunnel? Because his team did not tell him. Which I know that oh. people are upset about that, but I'm like, it also like, if you're going to, like, I don't think you can get out of it by being like, well, his team didn't tell him. Like, the point is to enforce the rule to tell teams like you really need to be doing these things because it needs to be fair for everyone. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I feel horrible for Charles. I also feel really bad for his race engineer. There was literally a petition to get him fired. And it's just like, that's not right either. No. Well, and his race engineer is just doing what the team tells him to do. Mm -hmm. His race engineer is not the one making decisions. I mean, isn't it his race engineer's job to know what's happening on the track? but he's not the one who's sitting there watching like where every car is you don't think so i I mean i think he has a whole thing in front of him but there's like six other people who are also sitting right next to him doing the same thing who should be talking to his race engineer saying this is a situation we need to tell charles this because the race engineer is just supposed to be the one communicating from the team okay well somewhere along the lines 
something was dropped oh my gosh <laughs> yeah um ferrari what a mess yeah and poor charles like fast but not fast enough and ferrari again same thing like fast but not fast enough both the mercedes finish in front of them well their strategy was <laughs> i mean when they, they did not call the weather for new slick tires and then like three or four laps later have to pit both of them for inches and double yeah. stack yeah it's gonna be an issue <laughs> Yeah. And Carlos kept having to continually be like, I'm not pitting. I'm not pitting. Yes. And yeah. I feel like the team was saying, like, we're going to pit because they wanted to get Ocon to pit. But it was still like, obviously, that was not a communicated strategy because Carlos kept being like, no, no, <laughs> no, over the radio. So, and like, also the way that Ferrari was trying to like call a bluff on alpine they did a very poor job of it yes carlos had hards on why was he gonna stop on like lap 20 no it doesn't make any sense either he had to go the rest of the race yeah yeah i mean crazy yeah yeah how are you gonna how are you gonna call that bluff when checo literally pitted on the first lap planning to go the entire race on one set of hearts yeah and like could have if the rain hadn't come i think yeah yeah I mean, if Max went 50 laps on mediums, of course, he can go with the tire race on hards. Yeah. What, um, it seemed like the tire strategy was the hot thing. And I don't really feel like any of the teams did a fabulous job with tire strategy. Like, no, it was all kind of meh. Um, well, and I mean, with Monaco, it's, kind of impossible to get a tire strategy that's going to give you a huge advantage over other teams i felt like they were all just waiting for a yellow flag that never came yeah yeah i mean the people who really actually benefited from strategy to some degree were the teams that just didn't pit until the rain came Mm -hmm. which was max and but didn't Esteban did he pit for slicks for you no, literally I... just rewatched this today I watched it live I watched it 40 <laughs> minutes behind <laughs> well I know that Fernando like pitted for slicks and then pitted for enters which <laughs> Lance Stroll his teammate had pitted for enters one of the first yeah. people to pit for enters then... before Fernando did, which I mean, to be fair, right off the track. Martin, <laughs> they may have been thinking that like Lance doesn't need the inters right now and he's going slower because of them. So maybe we shouldn't put Fernando on inters. I don't know. I was thinking like that they would have put Lance on inters because they were trying to get Fernando the win. And so they were like, we'll use Lance to determine when we should put the inters on. And but then it seemed like that didn't, didn't well, that. and then Lance crashed and that wasn't a very useful strategy. Yeah. <laughs> what, but what is yeah. Lance's beef with Monaco? I feel like just in general, he has not been having a great He's not having season. a great season. Which in the first few races, there was so much like goodwill for him of, oh my gosh, this dude had this terrible accident. He's working so hard to like be able to race again. And so there was a lot of grace of like, yeah, he's a ways behind Fernando, but he just had this terrible accident. He's still getting like P5. And that is. Well, also he was a lot closer to Fernando for a while, but he's fallen further and further off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's probably been too busy with his sister's wedding, not paying close enough attention. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, Lance was struggle bus. At one moment, Lando Norris, not at one moment, like for a chunk of the race, Lando and Carlos were like next to each other, but not actually. Just they were, (laughs) it was like Lando was in ninth and Carlos was in eighth really oh is that how they finished the race i think i didn't think lando was true oh yeah sorry yes okay and lando asked like who am i fighting 
Yes. And... Lando asks, who am I fighting? And the race engineer is like, Hulkenberg's behind. And he's like, no, who am I fighting? And he's like, Carlos is 45 seconds ahead. <laughs> and Lando is like, yes. Which that's very cute. Oh, those uh, yeah. those two I think are always gonna have a special friendship. I saw a picture of Charles riding his bike to the track from home and I liked that. <laughs> Did you see a picture of Lando just like out in Monaco today with people are theorizing it's he was with Danny and he was wearing Danny Rick merch, like Ashante merch. That's cute. Okay. Danny Rick had an Enchante drop this week. Mm-hmm. Do you buy anything? I bought something for you. Oh. Oh. Happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I thought, I think it was a fun, oh, the pool for Red Bull. No water. Super fun. Because of the drought. Yeah, I loved it. They put <laughs> little balls in it, Who like was- a ball pit. Was it the Alpha Tori drivers that they got a picture of them like laying in the pool in of balls? Yeah. I don't know, but that sounds you didn't like see fun. That one? Nick DeVries better watch out. I'm worried for him. Yeah, let's get into the gossip. He beat Yuki this race. He had a he didn't crash, I think, the entire weekend. He did a decent job. Okay. Which is okay, but Marco Helmet has said like he will replace him if he doesn't get it together in the next three races, is what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's accurate. Um, okay, so there's the Alpha Tori drama, also not drama, but just noticing like I feel like the Alpha Tori looks like a Haas this season. It's this has not got the, the orange on it. Yeah, and it's the navy blue is like almost black. It's very, I'm like, what was the plan? I used to love the old Alpha Tori, yeah, like branding, yeah, and um, what's it called? It was very matte, and now it's almost shiny. I feel Mm -hmm. like so Alpha Tori, I don't like your colors, fix them. Um, I found it, it was the Alpha Tori boys. That's cute. <laughs> right. Um okay, so that's some of the that's some drama. People were speculating that it's gonna be Danny Rick, but I think there's zero percent no. chance it's Danny Rick. We um him. okay, then there's like gossip about like is Lewis in chats with Ferrari? Which that seems crazy. I love but maybe quote that I think they were all just bored. So they started making up rumors because we didn't have a race last weekend. I think that was true about the Fernando and Taylor Swift rumors. I, yes. okay. I always want to be like, no way. But then, you know, half the time I feel like it comes true. So I'm going to withhold judgment on this one. My bet is there is some sort of informal offer discussion communicated discussions yeah. with lewis that involved a number around 40 million but if you were lewis would you take that because it's like at least mercedes has shown that they can win championships in the last decade <laughs> like yeah and i think it would be shocking to me if they're favoring george more than lewis at this point already like and Ferrari is so. not getting rid of Charles Leclerc, and Charles is always going to be like the their Ferrari is that golden how you say boy, it? the predestined. <laughs> like, how did he get that nickname? Do they employ like little? Do they employ like oracles or something at Ferrari to tell them who they should be hiring next? I have no idea. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I will say I, w- I loved. Uh, I know there were some differing opinions on Charles, like Monaco specific merch. Oh yeah, I liked it, but yeah, I really it. liked his race suit. I thought that was. I liked his race suit. It was I a didn't fun understand why like... they both weren't wearing them. I felt like they should both wear them, but maybe well, he's Monaco's baby boy. Did you see next week? Carlos is gonna have. Yeah all sorts of Spain specific stuff 
So I'm guessing they like let them each do that for their home race, which is very cute. Yeah, very. Yeah, I liked it. I liked but it. It definitely reminded me of his sober days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's like drama over at Alpine, which mm-hmm. they're not happy with the performance. Which honestly, like, they're doing fine. No, <laughs> they should do better, but. It's like, it feels, what do you think the issue is, Anne? I was going to say, I think the issue is um, reliability. I think the issue is Laurent Rossi feeling frustrated that Aston Martin actually made a jump up and they didn't. I mean, I think everyone feels that way, but it's just like... And he's just know. saying it publicly to try and put more pressure on Otmar. <laughs> Which Otmar is a, like, he's a good Formula One team principal. He knows what he's doing. He led Force India and Racing Point to some really good results. So I, do, I don't think so What do you think's Otmar. going on? What do you think's going on at Alpine? That's the issue. I think it's higher than Otmar. Their lunch breaks are too long. Can't get enough work done. Because they have to have the best table in the paddock. Yeah. They're French. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At least the drivers aren't fighting with each other. That's a plus. (laughs) Yeah. At the podium, I had this memory of like, oh my gosh. Alonzo and Este are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> I and Max like... and Este are not friends. <gasps> I forgot. <laughs> I love that you were like, what are you talking about? Like they literally almost got into a physical altercation with each other. Yeah. 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 That is probably the most like dramatic actual fight between racers since strategy in the last (laughs) yeah i was gonna say not of all time but certainly in the last five years (laughs) yes yeah um which so what i was gonna say is that i feel like the the real rift between alonzo and esteban kind of got masked by the checo and max drama at the end of last season Okay, tell me what you think. the Because I just thought they don't really like each other. Give me the dirt, Annie. I don't know. I felt like for the first year, they definitely seemed like they got along and then just progressively got worse and worse. Next year. I don't know. I don't remember any speech, like particular incidents or comments or anything like that. But you can definitely tell that like Fernando... <laughs> For some reason, has decided he loves Lance Stroll this year. Yeah, because his dad signs his checks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe that's the key to making Fernando get along with any of his teammates is they have to be the son of the team owner. Yes. Um, I was shocked there wasn't a little bit more chaos when the rain really came in. Like Yes, it looked very chaotic, and then at the end, a lot of it kind of, like, slotted back into where people had been. Yeah, With the exception poor Carlos, first the crash of the rain. <laughs> oh, the Ferraris. It, like, when Ferrari pitted and put Carlos on mediums, you could literally see the rain. Oh, it was raining. On the TV. Yes. And yes. Like, what are they doing? What are we doing? I want to, I should have gone back and listened to that radio, but yeah, what a choice. Which I also feel like if it was a track that was not as insane as Monaco, it would be justifiable to wait one or two more laps to figure out uh what you really need to do. But Monaco, like the walls are right there. As soon as he was out too, he was like, wait, I didn't even pass Esteban. Why did we do this? And they were like, well, we've held off uh lewis and it was like what are we doing the whole point of him starting on hards is that he goes as long as possible to try and do an overcut 
yeah no it's nutty <laughs> i never thought i would be one of these people who's like what is wrong with Ferrari's strategy all the time? But here I am. Okay. I think people who have been Ferrari fans for a long time would say, welcome to the club. Get ready for heartbreak. Yeah. Poor Charles, too. Like, just what a true curse. He should employ someone to remove that curse. (laughs) I'm surprised Ferrari's not including that in their budget. How would you break the curse, Grace? I don't know. So you're not putting in I a resume? I have to think about this. Oh, I could put in a resume. I'll send him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think there ever have been teams in the past that have employed like people who are like, I'll get rid of your curse. I'll. <laughs> you think that the FIA has standards on that? I bet there have been drivers who've done that, but not teams. Okay. Yeah. I like, I believe you. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, if a driver has, Charles should. Uh, Yeah. Like, it's just inconceivable how much terrible luck he has. It's, well, and did you see his brother crashed? this weekend too oh, no, i didn't like, see that yeah oh, the little family just cannot catch a break in no. monaco which no. is so, i think it's especially sad because you know you can see how much he loves monaco yeah yeah it's sad um let's talk a little bit about someone who's not really connected with monaco at all logan Sargent. The man who got passed by feeling? four people in a row. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Hey, I At least there was overtaking and made the race exciting. Yeah. Stop. Anne. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what's more interesting is uh, there have been people saying that Total Wolf is trying to get Mick Schumacher in at Williams. To take I've heard Logan that Sargent's as well. Spot. What do we feel about that, Anne? I think it'd be fun. I think Alex would. Alex would be the right teammate for Mick, where he would like take take him under his wing and help him learn. And like Alex has gone through a similar situation before, and Williams has actually been progressively getting better the last three seasons mm-hmm. so no I, agree I, with that. I think that would be a really good situation for Rick I I always feel like it's hard to tell when the cars are still kind of near the back of the grid like is the driver bad or is the car bad yeah and I don't think that there have been enough like races where Logan has been able to show his true pace where sometimes mm-hmm. there have been other things that have been impacting it. But when he has, it's not looked great. Where Alex has, for <laughs> the most part, been kind of consistently yeah. fighting to get close to the points. And, like, Logan Sargent finished dead last in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doesn't seem like he's enjoying that car. And he didn't finish dead last in Miami because he had terrible, terrible luck. No. He just... Had a kind of bad race. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know. But yeah, I hope Nick DeVries gets it together because I'd like to continue to see Nick yes. DeVries. If Logan Char- Sargent has to go, I don't feel sad about that. <laughs> so sorry, Logan. I'm sure you'll have a good time in IndyCar. <laughs> I can see him fitting in very well in IndyCar. Yeah. He's from Florida. <laughs> yes. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as he's very she American. And IndyCar is very American. Yes, it is. Um, Anne and I watched a little bit of... 100 Days Indy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched some more when you were not there. Oh, tell me. It was about the same as the stuff that you saw. Where it was fine... But not great. 
It's just like <laughs> it the just thing you were saying is what I agree survive. with the most is that the production value just is not there compared to Drive to Survive. Yeah. And it's like they're trying to make Drive to Survive again, but they're not doing it as well or with the same time yeah. and money to have really good production value. Which I also think IndyCar is a very different world and they need a different way to show the world of IndyCar. That's not just kind yeah. of utilizing the same Drive to Survive format. I was enjoying it because it's fun to learn about the drivers. Mm-hmm. But... It was not giving, like, it was giving NASCAR. It was not giving Formula One, which is fine. But then you're kind of like, is this real? Like, there was this whole scene with, like, um, I'm not going to remember anyone's name. What was the driver like? Like, do you remember where he was from? He was from, like, Australia or New Zealand. Was it Will Power? Yeah. Uh, No, no, no. The guy who won the championship last year? Mm-mm. It was like Pat McGrath or something. That's probably his name. <laughs> um, but he was like at his motor home. Putting st- he must have been Australian. He was throwing stuff on the Barbie, and like Are you his sure wife's inside the motor home. I'm pretty sure. Okay. What? <laughs> you don't trust me. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, you finish your story. No, now you're making me like, I got to look this up. <laughs> um, He's like throwing steaks on the Barbie and Scott McLaughlin. Mm. I called him Pat McGrath. <laughs> um, where's Scott McLaughlin from? Let's, I don't know. It's not in his bio. Oh, there's another guy named Scott McLaughlin. We're getting off course. Okay. (laughs) Scott McLaughlin. He's from somewhere, not America. (laughs) That's so offensive. (laughs) Um, But he's like talking about. He sounded like he's from Australia or New Zealand. Yeah. And he's like throwing shrimp on the Barbie on his motorhome with his in-laws and his wife's inside drinking out of like a solo cup of rosé wine. And. And then it cut to um, Eric Markison, and Marcus he's like, Erickson. yeah, that's the dyslexia coming out. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Erickson. Again, I feel like I'm like quite close on the name there. Um, and he is at like a very fancy hotel with his like model wife, and they're eating like fresh berries and yogurt with granola. See, Marcus um, Harrison is continuing to live the Formula One lifestyle yeah. in which he became accustomed. Yes. <laughs> um, it's just different. And then the camera work is very, like, shaky, but I, I will still watch more because I thought it was fun. I wish it was a little easier to watch, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what I forgot to prep for? But what? I'm going to be ready for. Um, woo, woo, it's human rights time. Let's talk about human rights in Monaco. So, first of all, mom thought that the dress the princess was wearing was maybe yeah. a statement on like support for the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. But mom liked and, a lot. And then I was texting the group chat and both you and Sarah were like, eh. <laughs> mom, like, I thought it was fine. Let's, I'm looking that up right now. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay. and they have like very, very strict crime laws. That's what it's actually that's why people are actually oh, like, sus about it, which I think it's like, it's great if you're super rich because the laws are super, I've been seeing all these TikToks recently about living in Dubai and people being like, I never worry about anything because it's so safe here. And then people are like, yeah, because you get your hand cut off if you steal. What is going <laughs> I think on Monaco, with TikTok algorithm, Grace? I don't know, Anne. <laughs> um... But yeah, there's like issues with 
the country maintains voice recordings of anybody engaged in organized crime and there's not sufficient recreational time for prisoners uh yes so that's my understanding of the human rights situation in monaco do you know the um, constitutional monarchy or does the prince actually have some sort of their constitutional power? monarchy okay. and they had elections i think in 2019 maybe and people said they thought they were fair and free um oh okay it's in a constitutional monarchy what year is this from but the prince holds a lot of power so the hereditary monarchy holds extensive executive authority including the exclusive right to change the government and there's no constitutional provisions allowing citizens to alter the system whoa that's pretty different than like england but the elections that they have held are free and fair yeah it's probably the same for the uk no, Can't the, the queen like get the rid monarchs, of the the. The monarchs basically they have zero could until. But when did they lose that ability to like basically withdraw the government? I mean, it started. I've in... watched the crown. <laughs> I, I mean, the Magna Carta in twelve fifteen is what like started the process to becoming the constitutional monarchy because that yeah, was an document didn't... that the nobles forced the king to sign, and if he didn't. I, they were going to kill him, but when he did, it said that he had to have a group of advisors called the Parliament. That's the like earliest version of the British Parliament that he had to allow them to have input on decisions. And then since then, it's been kind of like a gradual transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I thought even the like king when Queen can't Elizabeth was in Parliament right now, and the king can't call an election, and the king can't change that the on- British government. They only lose Parliament. that in like what. You're the history teacher. I really feel like you should know this. Why am I the one in charge of this section? <laughs> hey, I'm a history teacher. I'm telling you what I know right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but I will actually be teaching world free history and independent next year, media. So I'm sure I'll have to teach. There's about religious that. freedom. Okay. It looks like mostly there's just concern for like. There's a, you know, not quite as good for LGBTQ rights. They're global, global. Is this a bad website? I shouldn't be looking at. <laughs> what website is it? Uh, Freedom House. What does that even mean? I mean, my brain immediately goes to that House Freedom Caucus, but I don't think that would be related to it. <laughs> I don't think it is either. <laughs> And this but, this is from 2008, too old. Speaking of support for LGBTQ rights, you see yeah. the pictures of Seb visiting on Friday? I saw a little bit and I liked it. It's so cute. Um, It felt a little bit like someone who had graduated high school coming back during their spring break to like go see their teachers for an afternoon i love that it's very cute and then he just like there were i saw tweets where people were like he literally ran away after he had got around to visit some people yeah he didn't want to get his picture taken i saw yeah but that was very cute very Mm -hmm. fun Here's what I was looking for. I'm almost done with my Monaco. Let's hear it. (laughs) Okay. Although rarely enforced, the law prohibits offending the prince and provides for punishment from six months to five years in prison. If not committed publicly, the act may be punished with imprisonment from six months to three years. But no one's been charged with that. And so, like, very theoretically, strict... if people were protesting against the royal family, they could be put in jail. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like that's going on in the UK right now. They were arresting a lot of protesters before Charles' yeah. coronation. And then I was watching the ABC coverage, and they were trying to talk about how, like, 
people are so excited and there's so much support for Charles and he's trying to make it a new monarchy and yeah yeah Mm. Mm. but yeah you know I think uh I guess I could get into this even deeper and say like are these countries providing I don't know like services for humans like you know access to healthcare access to I don't know guys I don't have the time but I want to <laughs> but yeah that's Monaco seems hey, like it's I'm gonna be fine on summer break in three days maybe I can be my researcher <laughs> but yeah I thought the race was like pretty enjoyable I thought qualifying was even better than the race that Q3 I was like holy moly I um, mean even like Yuki was third at the end of Q1 how wild yeah. is that love it you gotta love it which what was happening to him when they were on inches at the end of the race he kept no, like no, he was getting passed by people. He got passed by both McLarens and he was like complaining about brake issues. Oh, and... yeah. He was so mad. I was like, yes. oh, Yuki. You cannot talk <laughs> to people like this. It was back to year one, Yuki. Yeah. He was. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wish there was. It does feel very like it's. Um, it literally is like Red Bull. Well, I guess the top. It It's going very like by team you know Mm -hmm. like if if uh Checo wouldn't have had his incident I feel like it would have been a one two yeah Mm -hmm. I mean throughout a lot of practices and throughout I mean in the Q1 when they were setting their first laps it was Checo was like a tenth behind Max before he crashed (laughs) so Yeah. yeah I think yeah, I think it would have been a Red Bull one too. Lance is having issues. Own issues. Um, Ocon but then just Ferrari got lucky, right but I feel like Alpine would have been right next to each other if Ocon mm-hmm. wouldn't have put in a you know an incredible qualifying lap. I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, How dare you take that away from Esty Bestie? I didn't. <laughs> Did you hear him call himself Esty Bestie yeah, and say that Esty Bestie's on the podium? Like, oh my goodness. He's um, so, like, dorky. I can never decide if it's, like, endearing or if it's just cringy. It's cringy. But then Tom Holland was there, and that was very cute because he's yes. such a big Spider-Man fan. Um, Were there any pictures or videos of, like, him with Tom Holland? I didn't see any, but I feel like we will see some. They exist. Yeah. They must exist. I, I really hope Esteban got to meet him. That would have been. I don't feel like there's a world in which he didn't, right? Like, I hope they went out partying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they went out Sunday night and just had it, like, did it up. You know? Why not? Man. At the very least, I don't think the... Uh fallout from monaco this year is gonna be as dramatic as last year because that was when checo was so drunk he's and like falling off the yacht and then people accused him of cheating yes that he was has been accused of crashing on purpose oh and then the trick and then crash gate they were mm-hmm. all crashing this year just <laughs> It was fun to actually see a race in the rain. Um, where like quite often, what races there's like there'll be a deluge and then they can't race for a while and then they only start racing once it's not raining anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to actually see a wet rainy race, but they don't have to red flag it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think. Seeing them slide yeah. over the track, all over the track, was just funny. Carlos got so lucky, oh so many times throughout this race. He so was ba- he was perfectly balancing luck and unluck, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> there were there were a ridiculous amount of close calls. He lost the front wing. 
he could have like lost the whole race just from attempting that overtake. It was a terrible oh, attempt. Yeah. He so he lost the front wing, but then he didn't have to replace it, and he didn't get a penalty for it. That's it lucky. Off, he lucked out. Super lucky. Then he's getting called in over and over by his team, but he says no. I'm staying out. Okay. Then he goes in way too early. Unlucky. Then he slides into the wall. Very unlucky. Car's completely undamaged. Still finishes eighth. What is it about Ferrari that makes them like <laughs> so hesitant just to be decisive when it comes to strategy and to make good calls and to act in a proactive way instead of a defensive way i don't know but it's like yeah they they don't plan to win it's like when people are getting mad at bonotto for being like we're gonna be competitive and people were like no you're supposed to say you're gonna win the championship and he's like no no, i can't say that but we will be competitive (laughs) i feel like the italian press must be insane and so a lot of what Ferrari is doing is trying to just, like, save butts. They're not destroyed in the Italian press. And then that them trying to do that leads them to make bad decisions because they're nervous about making any decision. I mean, they make terrible strategy calls. And it's hard to tell, like, is it just them? Or is it like, we're not seeing the rest of them because, you know, the F1 community just is like, oh, Ferrari's terrible. I mean, to be fair, as I said earlier, Aston Martin put Lance Stroll in enters and then they put Fernando on slicks and I don't understand that decision. Yeah. I wonder if that was on Fernando decision, although it seems wild. And I feel like they all want to stay out. Stayed out on slicks two laps later than anybody else like yeah what is Haas doing (laughs) like really yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on there it was just a kind of generally interesting race which I did not expect I think that was partially because I had super low expectations um but it's a good race it was also (laughs) As a Checo fan, it was hard to watch at times. Yeah, you're like, I wasn't even paying attention because Checo's not really competitive in this I race. I was paying attention. Oh, I liked that Lando Norris almost got to give uh Max the like blue light button that tells Max that he has to let Lando pass him. Because he was going to unlap himself, I think. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's fun. Which I did not realize the first time watching it that Max passed Checo twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that he just got lapped once. It was twice. Yeah. But they're all, like, getting lapped twice. It was... <laughs> they felt very... And, like, because of the way there were so many trains, it was like everyone was just mm-hmm. bunched up behind a couple people. Yes. And then there'd be these huge gaps and then another bunch. And Yeah. There was, like... Yeah. Fernando and Alonso and Max at the front. And then there was the train behind Esteban. Yep. And then there was a tri- train that it was like Checo and Yuki Lance and, and, and Yeah. K Mag was in there. Mm-hmm. Logan Sargent was in there until they passed him. Yeah, it was too much. I mean, it was something. And I do feel a little bit bad for Logan Sargent of like he was the one driver until the rain chaos happened that people were able to just pass. Something must have been going really wrong with his tires. Which I mean, I think speaks to his need to learn to how to save his tires. I felt like the announcers on the stream I was watching were like, it's his first time at Monaco. I'm like, didn't he do F2? Didn't he do F3? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Don't they cart in Monaco? I mean, uh, Nick DeVries has had the same experience at Monaco. And Oscar Piastri, who got a point, had the same experience at Monaco. Like, yeah, 
Logan Sargent should not have been having that many issues. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, on further reflection, I can see how Oscar going to McLaren was not the worst choice. Like, I don't think there was any world in which he was getting the Alpine seat. No. In real life. Well. I know they announced him, but I just feel like that would have. No, I they would have I think they would have given given him a seat. I think Alpine is better off with Este and Pierre. I yes. think it's a they're it's a strong know, pairing. It's a strong team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just need they need to go faster. Both experienced, <laughs> both fairly young. Yeah. yeah. It's a strong team. Okay. Well, I loved it. We're going to Spain next, fun. baby. Yeah. Let's go to Spain. <laughs> I feel like you need it for the next podcast. Have a Spanish flag in the background. I couldn't. <laughs> Get some of Carlos's Spain merch. That probably costs two hundred dollars no. for a shirt. Do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it costs two hundred dollars. It's not like the. I have, I'm like, are you gonna look it up I'm gonna look it up don't buy it for me I don't want it so I should have waited a week to get your birthday present to get one of no. the <laughs> no I'm gonna bet a shirt is 60 bucks that feels right you are correct it's like oh and a special half Oh, a special thing? Yeah, it's like 60 bucks. Take me to his store. Take me to his store. And it's, yeah, totally normal prices. Here's the Spain merch. $65 for a little jersey and 47 for a hat. Or 54 and I don't understand. Oh, that was the kid's hat. 54 for an adult hat yeah but i mean i feel like that's just the cost of the formula one merch it's 40 this is a kid's hat too i was gonna say it's 47 for just a normal hat but again that's a kid's hat so it's the exact same cost as like all of the other merch um personally i don't like it either i didn't like charles's merch either i'm gonna be fully transparent here It's ugly. The only thing I like about it is like the stylization of the 55, which is the same stylization he always does. So I think I just enjoy seeing I'm working at McDonald's. (laughs) That's yes, what I've seen online. But um I think I enjoy I've enjoyed seeing both Charles and Carlos's special merch simply because I know how much they love their home country. And so it's yeah. fun that Ferrari's letting them do this. Yeah, I think that part's very sweet. I wish they would do something more interesting. Like literally all of the teams have a bucket hat except for Ferrari. Classic. They're so old school all the time. But yeah. <laughs> like I feel like um Alfa Romeo had some really fun Australia merch. They had an Australia hat, like Alpine has like a really cute bucket hat that's like pink and blue. That's quite fun. There was lots of good like Miami merch that was kind of wild. But like, yeah, Ferrari is so boring when it comes to its merch or the merch that I think is like cool is like $800 for a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing me like this, Ferrari? So you either have like boring merch or designer it's like do you want to look like you're the driver and i'm like absolutely not (laughs) thank you so much but no (laughs) yeah so spain next week it'll be interesting to see what it's like without the the like chain at the end of the lap that they got rid of that Mm -hmm. should allow the cars to like go faster and maybe make more overtakes i think if i've heard things correctly i don't know what i'm talking about i feel like i've heard someone say that they think spain can feel a little bit boring because all the teams test at that track 
mm-hmm. like preseason. So then they, they know they know they're set up really well. But yeah, maybe this that, year will be that'll be different. Yeah. Um, and I think I assume Spain's gonna be insane because Fernando's doing so well. Yeah. yeah. I hope. I'm I hope so too. To I I bet that both Carlos and Fernando are gonna have a like special um stadium section that's not grandstand they always do they already do yeah and you know their tickets for those special stadium sections are like kind of reasonable i feel like it's like 100 euros and you get like a hat and a ticket and two drinks or something crazy really yeah 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 yeah. that's definitely like the way to go is to be able to try and get a sec like a seat in a driver section barcelona next year grace I don't know how easy it is to actually get those seats. Maybe they sell out like immediately. They probably do. Because I feel like I remember Carlos putting out an Instagram story about a special section. And then a couple hours later, or maybe even less than an hour later, he posted another story of like, it's all sold out. Thanks for the support, everybody. Yeah, but it is kind of nice because it definitely is like meant to be a way to make it accessible to their fans Mm -hmm. who like are hopefully actually you know there so i think that's good i saw something about the president of indycar kind of like making fun of formula one and was basically like you can come to see the indy 500 which is the pinnacle of motorsports and a general admission ticket where you can actually see the track is 65 dollars not $500 and you can't even see the track. And it was like a direct call out of Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather go to the Indy 500 than go to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Well, watching some of the like videos of the Indy 500 from like content creators or like podcasters, like it looks very fun. It looks like festival-esque. Oh, yeah. It's it's a major event. 400,000 people there just for the race. And yeah, seems like chaos and fun in the best way. So, you know, we'll see how we feel about it after we go to Budapest. <laughs> okay. Well, this was lovely. Good yeah. talking to you. Thanks for Send joining us, us, everybody. Yeah, thanks for joining. Send us an email to we don't know wheel f1 at gmail.com if you want to give us some feedback on the pod or if you have any comments you want us to respond to. Um Follow us on iTunes or Spotify or send us a review or tell us that you hate us. Don't do that, please. But yeah, we'd love to hear from all of you. Tell your friends and family about us and we'll see you in Spain. See you in Spain. Bye, everyone.